This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer, how are you? Richard. <laughs> I am amazing. That's so great. Where have you been? I've been looking around this trees and walking around the woods here. And then finally, <laughs> two weeks later, gee willikers. I'm worth, but look, you're here. Thank you. I goodness. was in New York. I was in New York City with a dear friend of mine from high school. And we were actually supposed to go to the Hamptons and there was a, um, what you want to call a hurricane. Kevin. <laughs> a hurricane. A hurricane, that's right. I should have seen that. I should have seen that coming though, I'm sure. I did see it. <laughs> I did see it go down to a tropical storm. But so my girlfriend and I stayed at the Soho Grand for three days and had a ball. Wow. So you're saying mediums should be travel agents. Exactly. Right? Or, you know, moonlight is that way. Soho it Grand. Always, it always works out, you know. And then I was able to surprise my son who was gone for 50 days. I was able to surprise him in Chicago. I took a little, you know, detour. Wow. Was, I started bawling like a baby. I was waiting for him at a gate. I got there like an hour before. And this woman next to me started filming it. And it was just the sweetest That's thing. so cool. That is so cool. What a great thing to have. You know, right. the footage of you greeting your son at O'Hare as he comes off the plane. Just That's just classic and fantastic. Very, very sweet. And very sweet of, you know, somebody to just sense that. Like, this is important. Yeah. Can I film that for you? Yeah. You know, what a gift. It was a gift. And then my daughter started her first day of her senior year. Oh, my gosh. I know. And she gave me her schedule and I literally like burst out, like started laughing because it's so crazy. She's an astrophys astrophysics AP chemist or AP calculus. I'm like, weren't you in calculus last year? She goes, yeah, but mom, I'm going to finish the college. It's going to, I won't have to take it in college. She's going to start off as a sophomore in college. Wow. That is very cool. What a cool thing. You've got very bright children. I do. All right. They get Let's their ask from their dad and their intelligence from the mom. That's all right. Very good. Um, you know, and that might be a topic that maybe will come up in our conversation with the flip side today. So <laughs> shall we? Um, let's ask our pal Luana, who is the holder of the clipboard and people that she wants. Nothing on here. Right. Jennifer's Luana on this side. On the other side, Luana actually has a clipboard with names. I mean, that's what we've heard. Who wants to come forward today? And is it somebody that I've invited or should it be just somebody who willy nilly shows up? Well, it's James Dean again. Very good. Okay. For the I had a blank slate and it was, I know people, I know some people are laughing. Um, and then I even double checked, but that's what's coming through. So I don't know where we're okay, supposed to. Okay, very good. Well, Luana, you know I did invite somebody today, but if James has elbowed his way in front it could of this mean, person. It could mean that this other person that you invited, though, could have been or could be a... Um, Associate, pal. Or the name James or Dean. Okay, well, let's, set, let's go with Associate, pal, time, era, place all that they okay. would know each other but be you know i'm not going to give james the bumps rush and for the people in the audience you know we've had a couple of conversations 
with James once in our book Backstage Pass to the flip side. And, and then most recently, Jennifer and I had a session that without going into great detail about it, where we talked to James and we talked about his journey and his path and his friends. And we connected him with somebody who, uh, for lack of a better term, is traipsing around the planet with some portion of his conscious energy in there. What's interesting though, is the last couple of days, like I saw him, I looked over as I was in LA, um, up in Hollywood, and I looked over, and I'm like, oh, there's there's that big picture of James Dean again. He, do, he does seem to be appearing and quite it was a bit. At the Chicago airport, there was a store called the Dean, like the Dean is the <laughs> store. Cool. All cool stuff in it. Well, let's ask him because look, he's here. He's elbowing his way into the front of our class. What do you want to say without giving away who this person is that uh, is aware of your presence in his life? to keep believing and who cares if it's going to make you feel a little crazy. And what do you, do you mean by, do you mean by the person we're talking about or me and Jennifer? Well, we all know that we're crazy. So that's (laughs) right. Goes without saying. Hold on a second. That's a good question. Hold on. Um, So the question on the table was uh, James, what are you doing here, buddy? I know you said that it's okay to. He's showing me the pictures in my mind of the pic or of the ones that I've taken of him recently, last over the last few days. He's shown up everywhere, and he says that's just me saying hello. He puts your awareness to it because I had no bit, like I had no reason to look at that way, and I I, did. I'm like, what? I understand. And so let's talk about the process. So he's oh, that's what he's saying. Okay. It's a bigger, the the reason why he's coming through is to show us about the process, how we can, our loved ones do that to us all the time. They put our awareness to things that we normally would not be looking at. Not be looking at. So it's the equivalent of looking for a necklace. You can't find it. You can't find it. And then your loved one on the other side changes your awareness so that you see it. And then you you realize, oh, they're here. They obviously put that in my path. Right. How do you guys do that? He said, for some people, it's like trying to put a brick, like it's trying to crack open a brick or break, like because of how. Oh, yeah, because how because- the filters are. Oh, thank you. So you show me this little kid in school, like I would say like in kindergarten, mm-hmm. looking at being able to daydream because they're not so focused on the, every single thing that's going on that they're actually missing out on what can be given to them. Um, so the process would be to get out of the loops that are in your head. And then it goes back to meditation. It goes back to allowing yourself to just kind of daydream a little bit and see what pops in. See what pops in. And and on on your side, is it that you guys are, are sort of generating a field of energy in our direction and then we're allowing that to pop in? Or are they specific, you know, drive down this street because there's a photograph of me on this corner here? 
it's everything. It's everything from getting someone out the door at this precise moment where the stoplight hits for you to be able to look to the left. He says there are millions of things happening. You know, it's, and I don't know, what's that? Why are you showing that? Oh, like he showed me this kid tying a shoe in the morning, like, or, or, you know, being late somewhere when really that's exactly what was supposed to happen. So you'd have that butterfly fall, you know, go across the car, go across the car. And that's weird because that was kind of the image I was thinking of when you were talking about a kid looking in the sky, suddenly, you know, a butterfly appears and then they remember grandma like butterflies, et cetera, et cetera. And they're not so, uh, you know, used to shutting that stuff down because they're open to it. Right. You know, like grandma's here. I saw a butterfly go by and then literally grandma is there because that yeah. sort of opened that door. And and so, uh, James, and for audience members who aren't aware of what we're doing, we've had you come by before. We've had you converse before. And this idea that it's starting to happen more often is because we talked to this friend. Mm-hmm. Is that is that it? We all sort of opened that door. Yeah. You open the belief structure for it. Like when you, it's a, okay. Thank you. It's a rippling effect. Um, show me again. It's something that sets off a chain of events that can't be explained. Like, co- like what we consider coincidence, but it literally is blueprints converging over a certain field. Right. And then he just showed me what happened for me to see that wall. So I actually was going to a place called <laughs> trashylingerie.com. Trashy lingerie. Wait, I, it's, trash like, it's a famous, hear me out. It's a famous place <laughs> where you can get costumes. And I'm going to a costume ah. week, week, weekend. Excuse me. And I looked over there and I was, I was with my son. We were coming back from getting whatever, getting our haircuts in Hollywood. And it, we were coming down. I'm like, oh, I should go in there to see if they have what I want. And Jack's like, you know what, um, mom, if you want to go ahead. I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. And then the stoplight hit. So we were forced to stop at the light that you would turn left on. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And then that's when I went around, parked my car and looked over and saw that big picture that I took a picture of and sent it to you. Right. It's a, a montage of famous Hollywood legends with James Dean sort of prominently in the forefront. Yeah. And so he just showed me that in my mind of all the things that had to happen in order for me to hit that spot. I understand. uh, And that's a lovely way to put it and to show that. So when people have a coincidence happens, work backwards, think backwards. How did I get here? How did this thing happen? Where was the genesis of this? And then why are they letting me know that they're available to converse with it? Okay, another thing happened. I had to move two of my clients today, to, and I always feel bad about doing that. But my son, we're celebrating him at Melise next, you know, next to your place, actually in Santa Monica. Oh, it's one of his favorite places. Anyway, he, um, but I felt bad about that. But both of them said they were so excited that I moved their appointments, you know, and that that one of them thought it was even on Tuesday versus Thursday. And they were so happy to have been moved (laughs) earlier than today. But my point is like, I feel bad about it or I feel bad about being late when really it actually, and I do feel bad about being late, but a lot of times it actually works out. True. True. 
No, no, it's true. We can't say it always works out because we know there's a lot of angry people out there, whatever they're angry about. All right. So, James, um, I did invite someone today and I not give you're always welcome here, obviously, sir. Anything like that. Very good. And of course, we're going to have more conversations with you. I know that uh, that you're going to be a topic of conversation coming up. And I just want to thank you for allowing us into this kind of into your. Did this next person sing? Yes, that's correct. I'm hearing music. And I'm hearing, music. I'm feeling the Brat Pack and I'm hearing like, like, it almost feels like Sinatra, but it might be Tony Bennett. It's, uh, uh, it's in the era and the genre. Uh, right. I'm going to tell you his first name. It's Don, D-O-N. Lou, is this, is Don uh, ready to talk to us? Oh, my dog sees you. Okay. Hi, Chloe. Um, he's like, let me go find him. <laughs> yes. He is. Okay, he's very good. He was talking to someone else, and I believe it's the person that asked to talk for us to talk to him. Okay. So, well, I'm, here's the thing. I met Don. I know Don. Don okay. may or may not remember me. That's possible. Um, and we met through a mutual friend. Uh, I was I was actually playing the piano at a club. Okay, he just showed me the piano. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. He showed me the piano, and then he showed me Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. Uh, Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. And I know you were on a There's boat. a connection. That's correct. <laughs> That's pretty good, Don. I was performing in this nightclub. Uh, Penny wasn't there, but Bob Shea, the guy who who did hear me play at that place, brought me on his Millennium Cruise where I did perform with Penny. Penny like did some songs and stuff like that. Okay. I, I was on a Laverne and Shirley many years ago. But listen, Don, so... The person, there was a friend, mutual friend of ours that brought you in and I was singing a song. I don't know if you want me to say what it is or if you want to tell Jennifer what it is or, but, and maybe you don't remember what it was. It feels like an Italian song. No, no. Uh, It was a Bob Dylan song. I'll give you that. Did you play that in Italy though? Oh yeah, that's true. Yes. I played it everywhere. Everywhere I go, I play it. I don't know. I didn't know that. It has to do with knocking and it has to do with the door. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking on Evan's, Evan's door. Yeah. yeah. And so I was performing with Craig Cole. Craig is our mutual friend. He's a sax player. And I suddenly heard Don's voice. Don was a member of a very famous duo. I heard his voice in my ear singing harmony to that song. Hmm. And if you've ever heard his voice, and Jennifer's not, this is not her generation and not her, her world. I'll tell you his name in a second. But if you've ever heard this guy's voice, I, I've i never met him. But in my head, I knew instantly who that was singing harmony. And but and I wasn't like, you know, I have to admit, I wasn't a huge fan. I didn't know all of his songs. And his he and his brothers stopped touring in the 60s. And this is in the 90s. But I knew it instantly who that was. And I look over and it was Don Everly part of the Everly Brothers. Again, not of Jennifer's genre and world. That's fine. But Don, is this you? That's the question. Who else would it be? <laughs> well, I got some questions for you, brother. Do you mind if I interview you? I'd love it. 
So tell us, who was there to greet you when you crossed over? It was my mother. Your mom. Okay. Who I love. Uh, Margaret. Margaret Embry. And what was that like for you to see Margaret? Well, they just showed me the video with my own son. Oh, that kind of embrace. Unbelievable love. She died. I think she died of cancer. She was. That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. I think. Yeah. And I think their whole family had some versions of that. They yeah. were, they lived in uh, Kentucky and he's laughing because I had dementia. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying, uh, you know, that wasn't revealed. So no, um, but that's what he, he's making fun of. I we're not making fun of it. Believe me. No, no. But the idea was that's something that wasn't part of uh, the conversation. Let me ask you, do you have any messages for your wife, Adela? You guys were married like 24 years. What? Well, he had four wives, so it's not like he was. Well, it's it, what's interesting. He's like, she needs to move on. I'm like, you can't say that. Well, you can. Sure, you can. Sure, you can. It's okay. She'll know what I. She'll know what I mean. Okay, and <laughs> let's let him tell us whatever it is, Don. That's fine. That's fine. He. She'll know what he means. It's okay to move on, and it's is it time to move on, or is it okay to move on? Might be a little bit early for you, Don, to even say that. It's okay to move on. Okay, thank you. I don't want to correct you, sir. And so now, uh, I want to ask about your brother, Phil. What was it like when you ran into him, or how that was that? Reunion? He just went like that. He goes, he took a little bit long. Like there's something about he looked at his watch and he goes, "You guys are talking about being late." Um, he goes, "It felt like I waited forever." Or, Interesting. Yeah, hold on. Please. And so to describe that. So, all right. So you're there so on the flip side. His brother passed away before he did. Correct. That's right. Okay. He's saying that, um, hold on. Seven years ago. Okay. Um, hold on. Give me his brother's first name. Phil. By the way, it's my clipboard. <laughs> it only has Don on there. Don. I read my right. So his, okay. Phil is his brother. Okay, and Phil passed away before he did. And it felt like either pancreatic or some type of like uh I don't, I don't intestinal. That I think that might be correct. I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm sorry. I wrote I wrote it here somewhere. Okay, hold on a second. He let my mom come through first. Okay. And he said that um he was singing like he was he thank you. He was showing me you like hearing his harmony and knowing who it is mm. like they, he was like singing in the background like it was another soft landing for him to come to the flip side wow there was a, there was a harmony when he saw his mom so he knew that he was encompassed in love that's what it feels like to me so talk to us about harmony please you're you were famous it's you and your harmony, brother harmony's the heart you and your brother were famous for singing in harmony and all the great bands learned from you, the Beach Boys, the Beatles. And you sang in a tritone, like three to two different tones. And I know you're quoted as saying it was like my brother was in my head. So the two of you would sing and it was the same constantly. You couldn't tell the difference between the two voices. 
because it was just one different note. But what is that? How does that relate to what we're talking about? Frequency on the flip side and music. You said Prince said it before. The frequency that you call the flip side, he just laughs about that term in general. Um, <laughs> it's out of the record, buddy. Like it's rather, it's better than being dead. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm like, do you get mad when people say you're dead? And he goes, kind of, yeah. It's like, yeah, because you're not. You're not. Um, okay, show me again. He said the frequency is like, he showed me like a pull, like you're pulling a, a rope, you know, you're pulling that person into you. And when you're in harmony, there's no, it's easier to pull the rope faster. So if you live with harmony within yourself, I know you're talking about music. No, no, I, that's, the, it's just the word harmony. What does it mean? Okay. He says, if you're living, if you're living in harmony with your heart, you're more open to accessing the other side. And in terms of your brother, it, did you guys know each other in a lifetime before you were dead this lifetime? Yeah. He goes, I want this stage all to myself next time. <laughs> but so, so greeting your brother, your brother, it's Phil comes forward. Good. Uh -huh. And can we, can we ask Phil a couple good of questions? He said, good job. Good job. Yeah. Can we ask Phil a couple of questions? Sure. I know you guys were interviewed a lot together. Um, there was a famous breakup between you two guys. Do you want to show Jennifer what happened? What happened on stage? Was it over a girl or a band member? I think it was over a girl because that, I heard them talking about it uh, at the Hollywood Bowl and and uh, I yeah, think one of them said it was over a girl, but over many girls. <laughs> yeah, it had to do with like, and, and I'm feeling like Janis Joplin. And I don't well, know. probably a singer. That's probably where you saw Janice. I mean, I think she was off the planet. They they split up. I mean, there was a guitar. One smashed a guitar. So that's Berry Farm. But but then you reconciled. You guys came back together. And I know Paul I Simon. It, they realized it was stupid. And you toured with Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, like an old friend's tour. And, and that brings Luana into the mix because Luana was tight with both Paul and Artie. And I'm seeing in your credits that you did a film with somebody that we've talked to a number of times, a writer named Robert. Oh, Town. Okay. Town. Very good. I did not know you are. Were you in that film or you were just on the track of that film? I think he you might me, like he's showing me maybe a cameo, but on the backside, like on the I think the track. OK, so I, I and that's what I'm getting. Yeah. I, and I'm trying to do research. They're, they're saying you're in the film. I can't find a it's like photograph. a cameo shot. It's like a real quick cameo shot. OK. And then but also you produced a track, I think, for the uh, for Robert's film. Yeah, uh, the, the afterthought was putting him in or the cameo. I see. Oh, well, that would make sense. Of course, you get him. You know, uh, the song that you guys did, do uh, you want to put that in Jennifer's mind? I'll, I'm happy to tell her. Um, hold on. Might be hard since she doesn't know your music. I don't. don't. It was actually a, a Beach Boys song. And Don and Phil played along with Brian Wilson. And it's called Don't Worry Baby. That's the track. 
Isn't that interesting? So those great, great harmony singers were able to all come together. Now, Don, you were married four times. And as much as I, I appreciate you telling Adela to move it's on. It's because he's, he's showing me five. So I think that's Oh, really? Okay. Well, that, that's very possible. I mean, you were in each one was quite a long time. I mean, eight years, twice, 24 years once and, and uh, four years. So you did get around, bro. Yeah. That's the song that came to my mind. <laughs> What's that? I get around. From the I, I get around. That's okay. Well, that's a Beach Boys tune. Um, but still, so you're on the flip side. You're with your mom. At what point does your dad show up or does he show up? Or how does that work out? Did he die when they were in their 20s? It, that's correct. Yes, their father okay. did. He had a uh, black lung disease, apparently. Right. So he said to COPD. Okay, so he goes, my dad, we, now I can't tell you. Because they're it's telling okay. me, he died when I was young. He died when I was in my 20s. And he's, he said, so it would, not that it would have been hard to recognize him, but it just wasn't, you know, my mom had to take, you know, my mom was everything. I see. And then my brother. And then he said, he goes, but my dad was, my dad was there. And I could tell that he was really proud. Sweet. You know, yeah, that we took care of our mom. So, Phil, I was going to ask you, what was it like for you to see Don? Or what was it like when you crossed over? Who greeted you? His first wife, his wife. Okay. That's what it feels like. I don't know how many wives he had. But I didn't. I, like, I, I focused like, on that. I feel like three. But he said, um, it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of groovy. He said, he goes, they did a lot of work getting getting me over there. Interesting. That's what it was like, or making it safe for me to go over. Like giving you a softer landing. Yes. Helping you to adjust to that frequency. You know, we've heard that about soft landings, you know, helping people do that. So, um, but what was it like for you to see your brother Don when he came over, or, you know, when you came out of the, sort of ethers singing harmony for him. I'm sorry. Ask the question one more time. I got what was it like for Phil to see his brother Don coming or, you know, as Don said, he heard his voice first. Super and excited. Saw. Super excited. Now, said, are, you, are you guys, this is a goofy question, but are you guys singing together? I just saw a ghost. You saw a ghost? <laughs> yes. Ghost just stepped into our podcast. Sorry. Um, um, are you guys singing together or, or doing music together? We're writing more music. Describe that. It feels like for films. For films that are not out there yet. So it's either they're putting, they're putting film, like they're reconstructing what they're going to do either in their next life or they're doing, they're putting music to films. All right, not- let me clarify that. And, and Don, correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying, and we've heard, we heard from Carl Lemley, who came forward, former, you know, head of uh, Universal Studios, who talked about how creating, on the flip side, you can create any kind of visual you want to. And, and what I'm getting from Don, is this correct? He and Phil are creating music for other people's epic adventures. Is that right? I got one one question about a mutual friend of ours, this guy, Craig Cole, 
that okay. brought us together. And Craig is a sax player. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask for Craig to come forward because Craig passed away. He said he was right behind me. He passed away. Did he pass away a long time ago? 2003, I think. He showed me the three. I'm like, what, 30 years ago? <laughs> He's like, it feels like 2003. It. Yeah. And I was in. Why is he showing me a plane? He didn't die from a plane crash. No, I was in Tibet when he passed. And I, I got an email, you know, through the, the internets. Uh, and uh, I, I took some flags. He was a Buddhist. And I took some flags and, and put them up on Mount Kailash for him. But what was it like for you, Craig, when you crossed over? He said it was serene and the experience was even better and greater and more vast than expected. And what was that like? If you can just describe it a little bit. I mean, he showed me pictures. So he says, it's like stepping out of one room, like stepping out of like, let's pretend that we're, it's, um, we're in, a, we're in a room that's colorful, you know, very colorful. He goes, it's like stepping out of that room into the same room, but it's just more magnificent and just it comes alive and you, 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 are, you become everything in the room. Can't explain it. Wow, that's beautiful. And so I'm seeing butterflies coming out of the walls. I'm seeing, you know, it's, it's, hold on whatever you feel like your heaven is. Your heaven is. And Craig, you played with some pretty famous people like Frank Zappa. And did you, did they show up at some point or how did that work out? I had a concert in honor of me making it. Wow. So everyone performed. And how about you, Don? What musicians have you seen since you've been over there? Michael Jackson, Prince. Uh, by the way, I want to just say, you you quoted Prince about frequency. What's unusual about that quote is that, of course, Don wasn't aware that we interviewed Prince, and that was probably two years ago when he talked about that frequency you know, thing. But said, the idea that time is sort of all compressed, so while he's in the classroom, he's able to access all kinds of information, including a right. conversation we had two years ago. But go ahead. I'm sorry, Prince. And who else? You have so many fans. Elvis. Elvis. And he says, now I get to talk. You know, he's just showing me what is her name. Aretha Franklin. Aretha. He, he's um, somebody that you would know that I don't know that also plays the piano. Or also plays the piano. But he's showing me Tony Bennett. He's showing me. Is it Tony Bennett? He's still on the planet. No, but not his right. higher self, his no. higher self is back there. You've never loved uh, who's the um, Nat King Cole, but there's somebody else that I can't. Not I said it early on in the show, but I can't quite get the name. It's okay. Uh, the most beautiful woman in the world is that Nat King Cole. Yeah, well, then King Cole was also a piano player, uh, quite a few, and a singer. And why do you mention John Belushi? 
he, you know, he's allowed. He's in our class. We've had him come he, forward. He said, he goes, I always found him entertaining. <laughs> well, and are so you're familiar with Luana. Let me just put it that way. Everyone's familiar with Luana. And so what's your impression of what she's doing on the flip side? Because we just, we act like it's a normal thing that we're talking to our friend who passed away in 96, who's organizing this kind of VIP list and stuff. What's your impression of what she's doing? Fantastic. Because you guys are talking right now, but people get to access it from all different, you know, dimensions, spaces, and times. Is it helpful? Is she helping you guys to learn how to communicate to us? Not exactly. She's helping us. She's helping. I think they're making fun of me. She's helping us understand why people can't get all the information correctly, that it's better to show signs and symbols. He says that we're very rare, but he says if we were to bomb, if we were to bombard people, they wouldn't be able to move on. What does that mean? Meaning that it's one thing for us to communicate all the time to them. Me and you, you mean, or people on the planet? Yeah. But it's it's another thing for them to constantly talk to their loved ones because then they would be bombarding them. Yeah, they would be bombarding them and they would also um, not move along. They won't move on. They would hold on to it. Well, there's also this idea of, you know, opening. There's quite a few people we've talked to who've tried to reach out to their loved ones and they don't get anything. And they actually tell us, don't waste your time. Their filters are so thick, they're never going to be able to hear what I have to say. But you're saying be judicious about how much contact you do between here and there. And when you mean move on, you mean go home? Or what do you mean? Go to class? To move on with their lives. It's harder for people to move on. Oh, for on. them to move on. I see what you're saying. I understand. I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. I was. I thought you meant like it's harder for you on the flip side to move on to the next stage or something. But what you're saying yeah. is the more you bombard them yeah, with the we feeling. Know, we yeah. know and believe in the fact that we can talk to you guys. You guys don't believe in it, but we also, it's a fine line because otherwise we'd never let you screw up. And then what's your life worth living for if you can't have the chance to make up? Right. So to, I understand. So let's, it's a philosophical point, but it's very interesting. What you're saying, Don, correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is that it's good for people to realize their loved ones still exist and that they can communicate with them. Right, but, so but then not be stuck in the whole the same sort of thing. I I need to speak to this person constantly to get emotional feedback right. because then they can't move on because they're just in the grief zone. Right. And I don't know if you've heard this, Don, but we heard it from Jennifer's father, Jim. The idea of grief is only sadness or mostly just sadness, sad memories but the nostalgia is both happy and sad memories. And when you can move grief to nostalgia, you begin the healing process. So that's a way of, but it's also a way for you guys on the flip side to help people over here because the memories that you have are happier. Let's put it that way, are hilarious. Right. And by, by showing somebody a hilarious event or something that happened with them, 
that'll help them move into that nostalgia. Is that correct? That is correct. He's just shown me too. Like I'm the biggest skeptic. I'm the one fighting with the other side about what to say. And one of, you know, there's an actor that is on the other side. His name's Eddie. And I love talking to his family. You know, I talked to his family and like something as simple as an aunt. I'm like, why are you showing me an aunt? I know that your dad got bit by a bee, like, you know, a few weeks ago. He's like, will you just say an ant? And when I told him about the ant, he did get bit by an ant. And there's a huge ant problem. Like, it just oh, went on. Right. We, but it's something that little, like that kind of stuff is okay. But what he's saying is like, they have all the knowledge of all their lives when they go over there, right? We, you know, if we knew about all of our lives, it's good to know that we do have different versions of ourselves. but it would be hard to move on if we knew what we did in our past life. He goes, it's no different you know, when we're talking about being here, it'd be hard to move on. If, if I knew well, that- Yeah, if you think about it, because all that input, you know, you're, you're at Starbucks trying to get a coffee and you recognize the barista as the guy who poisoned you in the Egyptian area era. And you'd be like, no, I'm not going to have that coffee. It would so be hard to access all that information and then just actually live your life and do the right. thing you're here to do, I think. Is that right, Don? All right. Can we sing some songs together? Do you mind? <laughs> now what's funny is that jennifer doesn't have your music in her head but is there is there one title you can put in there maybe okay. there's something with a candle and i don't know and i know i know elton john saying candle in the wind yeah okay uh i know elton i mean john i could look it up i won't give her, give her another one let's move the candle one out how about how about a song that begins with bye 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 and you, I'll tell you, I'll start the song, bye-bye. And Don, you supply the next word. What's the next word after bye-bye? Baby? You. See, I don't know. The, well, I'm out. sure it's in one of those lyrics, but. Uh, hold on. Just give me a second. Robin Williams' favorite word. Oh, love. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, happiness. Hello, loneliness. I think I'm gone. Anyway. I, <laughs> I do know that song, but I didn't know it. I know. I know you didn't know it was his. You know. Um, listen, Don and Phil were in Nashville, and they were in Tennessee, and they got, they got a part of that songwriting world where songwriters would write songs for them. And their songs in the 50s and 60s were just a string of non-stop hits. John, Jan, uh, Joplin wants to talk to you. And I don't okay. know why. That just Please. Uh, Don, sorry. Janice is going to elbow you out of the way. What do you want to say, Janice? I'm through a couple times, but now she's just like, I really want to talk to Rich. I'm like, okay. So what do? You, what is it that you want to say? Um, don't give up on recreating one of your movies there's something that i don't know if you've been thinking about recreating like maybe bye bye love or whatever that no no let her let, I, i'm pardon me i don't mean to say no what i mean is let's explore let's unpack it so janice you're saying i should that one of my films that i've written should come to fruition you're hoping it comes to fruition and i should focus on that and, and now, please, if you don't mind, put it in Jennifer's mind who the film is about. I almost feel like Luana, but I don't know. Okay. Well, that 
there, Luana wrote a screenplay that I've been taking around for many years, along with Fred Roos. But don't, it's give a, up, don't give up on that. Okay, very good. Because it's about her life right. in the 50s with all of this music and all of these people. And, you know, Jack Nicholson and people like that. So, yeah. So that's what you're saying. You're in, and you're saying, so why, why are you suggesting that? Why is that important? Because it brings in aspects of like other people, um, different crowds of people. So you have like the Brat Pack over here. You have the Jimi Hendrix people over there. You have, um, You have the Soul Sisters or something over here. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, let me see if this works or if this clarifies it. The idea that her, Luana was a terrific writer and she wrote a movie about these actors that she grew up with and knew Dennis Hopper and Jack Nicholson and, and quite a few others and, and Robert Town. And they were all young kids. And by observing their behavior, the way they behaved amongst each other, and you could see who they were going to become. But that idea of breaking down fame, breaking down vanity of fame, of like the big deal that people become and just focusing on who they are. That idea that it, like if you're going to tell a story about Janice, for example, I mentioned my friend Randall Kleiser is trying to do a movie about her. Mm -hmm. If you focus on and she said, focus on the good stuff. Right. Focus on the stuff that's about humanity and why those things happen. Sorry. It's okay. Let's just see if I can. I don't know how to turn that off. I guess I just have to do that. Okay. Um, is that what you mean, Janice? Yeah. It's just bringing everybody together. So, yes. So, bringing all those. But are you saying that I should do something like that? Or are you saying. Even like that with musicians. Like what? Oh, well, there is the book, Tuning Into the Flip Side, and it's about musicians talking about the afterlife. Is that what you're talking about? I feel like that's it. <laughs> okay. I understand what she's saying. And, and to break down the way Jennifer that. and I, I communicate. Didn't about this. I didn't know. Yeah, about no, she doesn't know about my book. But what to break down with Jennifer and the way we work together is, so Janice is saying there's something about all the different musicians and, and so J Jennifer, of course, thinks that's half related to my film work, you know, writing movies. And I was the reason I asked, like, you know, does Amelia Earhart, is that, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. We're aware of that. So that's why I went down that path. But I understand what she's saying, because in this book, Tuning Into the Afterlife, it's all the musicians that we've interviewed. And it's sort of crystallized the thing that they wanted to say, Prince, about frequency, Aretha. Aretha, what do you think about the movie that just came out about you? Thumbs up. One up, one down. <laughs> okay. I had to ask. So, but that idea of music, it's all about music. Oh, look who's calling. Wow. That's funny. So, and you know, Don probably got him to call us. Probably. <laughs> probably. But is that what you mean, Janice? Talk about music in terms of frequency and how you guys are still creating music. Yes, for future projects, though. You know, yes, but but those. Are you but showing me like, jumping up and getting it? Like, who's going to get them first in the next lifetime? 
but also, but also you're creating projects over there. It's not like we have to see them. It's not like you have to create it for the rest of the planet because your pals can all see that they can all come and check you out in concert doing something that they've never seen before. So you're creating music over there. So the billions of souls can show up and go, I saw Janice last night. Wow. Something like that. Is that correct? That's okay. correct. I just want people to be like. More, what it does is it gives them, it gives people more like room to daydream. Like that will give people, instead of being so caught up like they're unattainable, it gives them more room to daydream within it, which Beautiful. then will allow them to respond. And you mean people on this side or do you mean people on that side? Both. Both. So daydreaming which is constructing in your mind. It goes back to the way we began. Or deconstructing in your mind. Or letting go of things. And it goes back to the initial thing of of talking about, of James Dean talking about the child within. As an actor, looking around and observing the world, the child within, observing what's happening, creating this kind of, these frequencies allowing us to daydream, that my loved one is still with me. That, that my life has inherent meaning that I don't even understand. We can yeah. daydream that life not only does go on, but it, it is, it's, as Craig Cole said, you're walking in the next room and you are everything in the room. Yeah. So what a beautiful uh, poetic message about frequency and tone. And I see Jennifer looking at her. Schedule. No, I never like going, but I have to go. Again. You love you love going. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love having you. Let's put it that way. We really appreciate what you're doing, Jennifer. And we thank you on behalf of a very thirsty planet. Oh, by the way, anybody who gets a chance, Carlos Santana had an interview on CNN with Anderson Cooper during their concert brainstorm thing. I posted it on richmartini.com. I transcribed it. What he has to say about, it'll be in the book, tuning into the afterlife, but what he has to say about all of us tuning into our hearts and, and, and finding the king. He said that the kingdom of God is within. You've heard that before. Then that means, then you knew that means that God is love. And so anybody who tells you that God is not love is inaccurate because if the kingdom of love is within, then look within to find that love. Love, love. And on that note, love, love. Love. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, love. (laughs) Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jennifershaefer.com, martinizone.com, or see the documentary Hacking the Afterlife on Amazon Prime.